Amen. Come let us adore him. Amen. Amen. How many of you are glad you're here this morning? What was that? There you go. There you go. How many of you have been up for a long time already today? Anybody? How many of you have opened your presence already? My, my, raise your hands. Be proud. Raise them up there. Come on. There you go. There you go. My, uh, my girls told me that it was perfectly okay if I was coming over here today, but they weren't waiting on me to get back home. And so I got up at 4.30 this morning, and we were unwrapping presents at 5.30 this morning, and we were done at 15 after 7 and having breakfast. So it was uh, quite a, uh, an experience, and uh, actually it was a lot of fun. So going home to head to uh, my grandkids and then to my dad's, and got a full day, which I'm sure you all do as well. For those of you who already unwrapped your presents this morning, what did you get that excited you? Someone raise your hand and tell me what you got this morning. Anybody? Come on, raise your hand, tell me. What'd you get? Huh? Hold her up. Hold her up there. There you go. Baby alive. There you go. How about the rest of you? Anybody else that raised your hand? A pineapple. <laughs> Exciting. Exciting. So, who else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. Just. He got the Amazon Alexa. So you can say, what should I wear to church this morning? And all that kind of stuff. What'd you get, sweetheart? Huh? There you go. All right. That's exciting, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Well, well, just raise your hand if, if you remember something you opened today, if you've already done it. Raise your hand. All right, there you go, because you're totally not cooperating with me this morning. Now, raise your hand if you remember something you got last year for Christmas. Oh, there's like five of you. Raise your hand if you remember something you got two years ago. There's a few of you, right? I, I can't tell you what I got two years ago. Matter of fact, I can't hardly tell you what I got last year. Maybe you might be able to bring up one thing that I got if I thought about it. Because the thing is, is that people look around to get us the perfect gift, don't they? They shop, they go online, they walk around stores. We do that for the people that we love. But the fact is, is by this time next year, those gifts that we thought were perfect gifts, a lot of them will be have, totally have forgotten. They just don't last very long in our minds and in our hearts. It's hard to find the perfect gift. But for us who know Christ, that's what Christmas is all about. The perfect gift. And it's not what we unwrap this morning or what you're going to unwrap this afternoon. It's not even that wonderful time that you're going to have with your family around that meal this afternoon. It is something different. It is in the person, in the Son of God, God himself, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Would you go with me to him in a word of prayer? Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for the gifts that we have. For Lord, we, we know that they're given out of love. We thank you for our families who have tried hard to find that perfect gift for us, that gift that will mean something to us, that we'll remember from year to year. And we thank you for the love that motivates that, that search and that motivates that gift. We thank you for the opportunity to give to those that we love. But Father, we also realize this morning that Christmas really is not about these gifts that are given 
by our family and our loved ones, but Christmas really is about the perfect gift, the gift of your Son, our Savior. Today, Lord, may this day and may every day be all about Him. And it's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. When you think about the fact that Christmas really is about the perfect gift, I'm reminded of the scripture in James chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, which just says this. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now, in the past four weeks, we've been looking at the per, or this uh, gifts of Christmas, and we've been talking about the fact that Christmas is all about the presence, but not presence in the sense of P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, but presence with a C-E. And what we've looked at over those past few weeks is that because of Christmas, because of the coming of Christ, we have the presence of hope available to us in our lives. We have the presence of joy available to us in our lives. We have the presence of love available to us in our lives. We have the presence of peace available to us in our lives. And then last night on Christmas Eve, I hear that you had an absolutely beautiful service. I was able to attend a, a beautiful service at South Parkersburg Baptist Church last night. And, and, and we all celebrated the fact that, that that last candle that we light in this Advent wreath is, is what makes the other candles possible. It is that Christ candle because it is the presence of Christ that gives us that hope. It is the presence of Christ that gives us that peace, that gives us that love, and that gives us that joy. But today, Christmas is almost over. We have this incredible, uh, I, I think, privilege of celebrating Christmas on Sunday this year, but, but it's almost over. Tomorrow, many of you will go back to work tomorrow morning. Some of you have the luxury of having a few days off, but, but a lot of our normal routines will begin tomorrow. You've had your, your radio into that Christmas music station, some of you, uh, if you have Sirius or XM radio especially, and, and, and that'll be gone tomorrow, and you'll go back to country or rock or whatever it is that you listen to. The turkey and the ham or whatever it is that, that some of you want to get out of here because you're afraid it's going to burn, you've got it set on a timer at the house, and it's going to be ground up and made into turkey salad or ham salad in a couple of days. All of that pretty wrapping is going to be torn apart and put in a garbage bag for the trash man to haul off. And all of the things are going to kind of go back to normal. But do we really have to go back to normal? Do we really have to go back to people not being as nice as maybe they've been this week or not thinking about this love and this hope and this joy and this peace? And I think not because of the fact of this is that when Jesus came into our world at Christmas, when we experienced that presence of Christ in our world at Christmas, he came to stay. Now, now we know he went back, right? We know that after he was crucified and resurrected, he went back to heaven, he ascended back into heaven, but he left for us the comforter, the presence of God himself in our midst. And so we don't have to live without that hope until next Christmas. We don't have to live without that peace until next Christmas. We don't have to live without that joy or without that love. We don't have to live without Christ because his presence is eternal for those of us who know him. Hebrews 10, 11 through 14, we read this. 
It says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect, what? Forever those who are being made holy. Now, right after Christmas, every year, we begin to talk about embarking on this new journey, right? Next Sunday, we have the first Sunday of the new year, New Year's Day. And we have everybody in the world who's going to make what? New Year's resolutions. People say, I'm not making any New Year's resolutions, but the fact is, most people do. They may not say this is a New Year's resolution, but, but a lot of us take inventory and we think, well, I'm going to do better eating healthy next year. I'm going to do better working out next year. I'm going to do better reading my Bible next year. I'm going to do better being a better husband or a better wife or whatever it might be. And, and we think of it in terms of it's a new year, it's a fresh start. We kind of embark on this new journey. And, and I want to invite you to actually do that. I want to invite you to kind of go on a post-Christmas journey with me to embark on a journey that, that begins with the presence of Christ in our world and the presence of Christ in your life, but never ends. That lasts from now throughout all of eternity. And let me tell you a little bit about why and how we can take this journey. First of all, let's stay in Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 19 through 21, and listen to what the Scripture tells us. It says, Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Now, before we go on to see what else is in that scripture, basically what we're being told there is that there is a new way open to us only through the presence of Jesus. In other words, Jesus came at Christmas that we celebrate through Advent. Now it has happened and he is here amongst us. His presence is there in our lives if we know him as Lord and Savior. And as a result of all of that, we have a door that has been opened for us that allows us to go on this journey. How many of y'all play video games? Any of you out there? I'm not going to say younger people because I know a lot of people my age and older who play these things on their iPads and their phones, right? Well, the kind I like to play are like Candy Crush. Anybody ever play Candy Crush? I want to tell you what, it is one of the most satanic things in the whole wide world, Candy Crush, right? Because when I look at how much time, I'm on level 1,735 of Candy Crush. And I will tell you right now, that is the biggest waste of my time I've ever spent in my life getting to that level of Candy Crush. But I play it every time when I go to bed. I lay there and I play this game until I go to sleep, all right? But the thing about Candy Crush is this, you can be really good at it. You can pay money to get help at it. You can get these little boosts and things, but they only develop the game so many levels at a time. And if you get really good, you get to the end. And you have to wait for somebody in some kind of a dreamland that I don't know where it is to actually put new levels on the game. And you can't play until they put the new levels on the game. You can back and do the same thing you've done before, but you can't continue on the journey until someone else opens the door. It's exactly the way it is for you and I. We live in this world, and we can survive this world. 
We can get up and go through the motions every day in this world. But let me tell you something. We can't live that joyful life. We can't live that peaceful life. We can't live that life full of hope. And we can't really experience and offer that kind of love that's beyond understanding without the door being open for us. But praise God, the door has been open for us to live that kind of life. And it's been open through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And because of that, we shouldn't settle for mediocrity. Because of that, church, we shouldn't be like the rest of the world. Because of that, we ought to be the people who are people of peace. We ought to be the people who are known for our love. We ought to be the people that have more hope than the rest of the world, and we don't mourn like the rest of the world. We ought to be the people who have more joy than the rest of the world. In Hebrews 7, 18 and 19, it tells us the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. A door has been opened for us to draw near to the presence of Christ. A new and living way has been opened for us only through Jesus Christ. Simply put, like we've been discovering all through Advent, we just can't take this walk without Jesus. What's that mean for you and me? Well, let's not over-spiritualize it. Let's not over-complicate it. It means making a choice. Am I going to serve Jesus or am I going to serve myself? And you've made that choice probably at one point in your life when you came down in front of the church and you prayed a prayer and you invited Christ in your life and asked Him to forgive you of your sins. But I want to tell you that even if you've done that, we still have to make that choice every single day. Today, am I going to serve Ed Rogers? Am I going to serve all those people and what they think about Ed Rogers? Or am I going to serve God Almighty, my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ? The door has been opened and the call has been made. And as we serve Him and we make that choice to serve Him, where are we really heading in this journey? Well, where we're going is this. We are going to journey near to God. In other words, we're traveling closer and closer into His presence where we can experience a deeper and deeper, a more intimate relationship with Him every step of the way, getting to know Him up close and personal. It's kind of the difference between standing outside of a living room Looking through the window, when you're standing outside in a snowstorm, and you're looking through the window at, at someone who's sitting inside beside of a fireplace. And, and when you're looking through that window, you can almost feel the warmth because you know what that fire feels like. And, and it lifts your spirits because you can see the glow, but you don't really experience the warmth. You're still cold. You're still on the outside looking in. And yet Jesus has thrown the doors open, and he has said, look, folks, I don't want you on the outside looking in. I don't want you in church on Sunday morning for a half an hour, 45 minutes, or an hour only every week. I don't want you just opening your Bible when you feel like your world's falling apart. I want you to come in here and get close to me and walk with me and talk with me and spend every single day with me got a lot of people during Christmas standing on the outside looking in. They come to church this time of year. You had a bunch of them here last night, I guarantee you. I love it. I know pastors always complain. These people are only 
Christmas and Easter Christians. Well, if you're a Christmas and Easter Christian, I want to tell you, I'm tickled to death that you're here. I'd love to have you back. But I just hope and pray that God will get a hold of you and let you know, you know that fire you're only outside looking into? Imagine what it would be like if you'd get in the living room. Imagine what it would be like in your marriage if you really knew joy. Imagine what it would be like raising your kids if you knew how to raise them with an attitude of peace. Imagine what it would be like going to work every day with that boss that you can't stand, that treats you horrible, if you really knew what it was like to love people unconditionally. Imagine what it would be like if you walked every day in the presence of Christ and you got closer to him every day. That's exactly what he doesn't want you to imagine anymore. It's what he wants you to experience every single day. Remember Moses? How many of you remember Moses? That's just to see if you're still awake. All right? You know, Moses is a hero in the Old Testament. We know Moses had a lot of problems, right? But he was a hero. He had this life-changing experience at the burning bush. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 30 and 31, the writer of Acts kind of reminds us of that. And it says this in verse 30 and 31 of chapter 7. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. And when he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to look more closely, he heard the Lord's voice. I want you to see what happens in that story of Moses. He sees the burning bush, but he doesn't hear the voice until he goes over and gets close. Imagine if he would have said, I don't have time to get close. Imagine if he would have said, well, that's interesting, but I got some other things I need to do. Imagine if he would have turned his back on the burning bush. I don't believe he would have ever heard the voice of the Lord and had the experiences that he had with the Lord. And how many times do you and I see something that piques our interest? We go home from a Christmas Eve service and we say to our our family, we need to get more involved in church, but we never do. We hear a a worship song on the radio this time of year and we think to ourselves, I really need to to get closer to God. I need to read my, my Bible more. I need to serve Him in the community more. And yet, we never do. We see the bush, but we never approach it. I would say that, quite frankly, we're either distracted, we're too busy, or really honestly, we're just scared to death to really get close to Him. You can't fake being God's people. You can't fake being in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to go in, as my people say, whole hog, if you want to experience what God wants you to experience with Him. I have made a New Year's resolution probably three-fourths of my life to work out and eat better. How committed do you think I am to that? You can laugh. I know how committed I am to it. At times, I'm really committed. I've lost 300 pounds in the last 11 years. Gained 316 back over the course of those years. I've done it three times, over 100 pounds, three times. But I don't stay the course. How many of you sitting here this morning have said to God, it's going to be about you, but you haven't stayed the course? It ends up being about me. It ends up being about Material things. God says it's time to embark on this new post-Christmas journey. We're going to draw near to God. We're going to draw near to God with full assurance of faith. 
In, in other words, we take this journey trusting God. It was interesting. A brother here this morning was just talking to me before the church and, and asking about getting more involved and doing more for the Lord. And kind of we were talking a little bit about how to figure that out. And it's interesting that this is exactly what was in the sermon this morning is that we take this journey not based on feelings, not based on emotions, but in full assurance of faith. In other words, we trust God that if we take one step at a time to do those things we already know he wants us to do, that we trust him to take care of us. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. It's very simply saying, I'm going to exercise faith, and I know God wants me to jump off of here, and I'm going to trust him to catch me. And many people would say, you know, it's faith to believe he'll catch you. And so we try to figure out, do I really believe if he'll catch me? I'm not sure if I really believe he'll catch me. So i got to figure it out. i got to go on some kind of a journey and try to discover if I really do trust him. Let me tell you something, folks. It's never faith until you jump. It doesn't matter how much you figure out. It's never faith until you jump. So just jump. You already know what he wants you to do, don't you? How many of you in here have some inkling, just be honest with me, some inkling of something you know God wants you to do and you're not doing it? Raise your hand. Put them up high. Be proud. Be proud of how big of a jump you've got to make. I could put both hands up today. I could put both hands up every day. Just do it. Do it in faith. And we're going to draw near to God with a clear conscience. It's wonderful how this works. So many of us are bothered by that junk in our past. So many of us are bothered by what other people think of us. Bothered by what we've done or who we've been. It doesn't bother our Lord. He says, come on, let's go. I forgive you for all that stuff. Say, yeah, but preacher, that guy sitting on the other pew doesn't forgive me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not going for that guy. You're going for the Lord. N.T. Wright says this. He says, most people, most of the time, have something which hangs heavy on their hearts, something they've done or said which they wish they hadn't, something which haunts them and makes them afraid of being found out. How wonderful to know that the sacrifice of Jesus and the sprinkled blood which results from it has the power as we accept it in faith and trust to wash every stain from the conscience so that when we come to God without, so that we can come to God without any shadow falling across our relationship. Let me, let me tell you something. And let me just make it as clear as I can. You are without excuse for walking down that road with Christ. There is no excuse that you can come up with why you shouldn't be taking that step. Why you shouldn't be embarking on that journey. And let me tell you something. If you make this choice, we're going to draw near to God together. You won't be alone in this journey. That's where the power of church really comes in. Is the people who are sincerely wanting to serve and love and follow and live in the presence of Jesus Christ and carry that to a community and a world in need. It is amazing how those friendships grow and those bonds grow and how much God brings us together for that cause. Are you ready to embark on that journey? You got Christmas Day to take care of today. 
Some of you got a lot of things to do. The kids are anxious. They want to get out of here. It's time to go, right? And we're going to go. But think about it this day. What happens tomorrow in your life? What happens to the gifts of Advent in your life? Let's take this journey closer to the heart of God and experience His presence every day. Join me in a word of prayer.